It's Friday, March 27th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the House of Representatives passed the most expensive relief bill in U.S. history. But it turns out it wasn't exactly smooth sailing. Then, as COVID-19 spreads around the world, world health experts are warning that our most vulnerable countries are struggling to prepare. We'll dive in. And finally, we take a look at how working from home is starting a new fashion trend. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Okay, the COVID-19 pandemic is a rapidly changing story with lots of moving parts. And we're going to help you sort out what exactly you need to know, starting with the three big developments of the day. First, this afternoon, the House passed the most expensive relief bill in U.S. history. We're talking $1,200 checks to most Americans, plus hundreds of billions of dollars for hospitals, governments, and businesses. After hours of debate, it came time for the vote everyone had been waiting for, with $2 trillion on the line, and cash-strapped Americans eager for action. In the chamber, the mood was giddy. Lawmakers were smiling, people were clapping, and then... Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed say no. The eyes have it. Did you catch that? That's someone interrupting Congressman Anthony Brown, who was taking the vote. All day long, there had been chatter that something like this might happen. Mr. Speaker. For what purposes, gentlemen, uh, seek recognition? Let's go back to yesterday when that gentleman, a Republican congressman from Kentucky, went on a local radio talk show on 55KRC. Here's the big question. The vote is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to convince us it should be a voice vote. Right. That shouldn't be recorded. Exactly. And, and, and I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm having a real hard time with this. Massey was worried this bill isn't worth all the debt the country would have to take on. And he planned to use this little technical rule to get in the way of it passing. See, House leaders from both parties had said this should pass by a voice vote. Meaning, basically, whichever side was the loudest, yay or nay, would win. This is a very normal thing in Congress, but this time, leaders thought it was necessary. Because a lot of House members were home. Already four have tested positive for COVID-19, and a dozen others are quarantining. But Massey said, nay. He didn't want a voice vote. He wanted a roll call vote, which meant a quorum had to be present. That's Congress speak for a majority of lawmakers having to be there. So last night and this morning, House lawmakers scrambled to book flights on empty planes or drive back to D.C. so they could be physically at the Capitol, just in case. After the voice vote appeared to pass overwhelmingly in favor of the bill, Massey still wasn't having it. Mr. Speaker, I came here to make sure our republic doesn't die by unanimous consent in an empty chamber, and I request a recorded vote. Cue the awkward silence that followed. Then Massey tried to say that a quorum wasn't present. So the congressman taking the vote looked around and said, A quorum is present. The motion is adopted. With that, the voice vote had it, and Massey's protest was drowned out. After the bill passed, it was fast-tracked over to the White House, and President Trump signed it just a few minutes ago. Our second headline today is about the global spread of COVID-19. Officials at the World Health Organization have been warning for weeks that this disease would soon hit developing nations that could have a tougher time coping. And now, that's happening. 
This week, India, home to 1.3 billion people, imposed a three-week lockdown to deal with rising cases. But there are reports of migrant workers leaving cities in huge numbers, which could spread the disease quickly. New infections are also rising in the Philippines, with reports of people dying before they can even be tested. And health experts are really worried about Africa. This week, a report from the African Union showed that the rate of new COVID-19 cases on the continent is following a similar trajectory to Europe's. As in, what hard-hit countries like Italy and Spain are going through now, countries in Africa could be going through soon. To get a sense of why developing countries around the world are so at risk, we phoned up someone watching all of this very closely. Yeah, uh, I'm Dr. Stacey Mearns. Uh, I'm a medical doctor by background, and I currently work as the Senior Technical Advisor for Emergency Health at the International Rescue Committee. The International Rescue Committee is a humanitarian aid organization on the ground in more than 40 countries. So they've got a pretty good sense of who could be most at risk from COVID-19. Whilst this you know, pandemic will affect everyone in every country in some way, it's, it's not going to have an equal impact. And we will see you know, the poor and the vulnerable hardest hit by this. Here's why. In packed slums or crowded refugee camps, social distancing might not be a thing. And that can mean higher transmission rates as COVID-19 spreads more easily between people. Then there's a lack of infrastructure. Globally, nearly 800 million people don't have access to running water. So washing hands with soap is a lot harder. And finally, Dr. Mern says many health systems in poorer countries lack the life-saving medical equipment that's been in really high demand in China, Europe, and the U.S. Things like oxygen, ventilators, uh, and even intensive care units in, in a lot of parts of the world, these just simply don't exist. We've already seen resource-rich health systems completely overwhelmed by this virus in this situation. And we can expect the impact of this in low-resource settings in countries with pre-existing humanitarian crises to be really, really significant. Oh, and money. Remember that the U.S. is about to spend $2 trillion to help out Americans hardest hit by COVID-19, increasing unemployment insurance and sending out checks. But most other countries won't have any financial tools like that. For now, the UN is asking for $2 billion to help poorer countries prepare. And it's also warning anyone who thinks an infection somewhere else isn't a big deal. The UN says that unless COVID-19 is dealt with everywhere, the disease could circle back around the globe. It's like that old saying, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. But in this case, we're all in this together. Which brings us to our third big story of the day. Hi, folks. I want to bring you up to speed with something that's happening today. This is UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And he announced this morning he tested positive for COVID-19. Johnson is the first world leader to be diagnosed with a disease. But he says he only has mild symptoms. And this isn't going to stop him from doing his job. I am working from home. I'm self-isolating. And that's entirely the right thing to do, uh, but be in no doubt that I can continue, uh, thanks to the wizardry of modern technology, to communicate with all my top team to lead the national fight back against coronavirus. Johnson's not the only high-profile Brit to be diagnosed with COVID-19. The UK health secretary announced he tested positive. 
as did Prince Charles, who's next in line for the throne. Speaking of being next in line, the UK doesn't have a clear line of succession for its top political post if anything should happen to Johnson. But the Prime Minister said earlier today that if he can't serve for any reason, his Foreign Secretary Dominic Robb would step in. So hopefully that designation will help Brits keep calm and social distance on. Like we said, there's a lot happening right now. To keep up to date on the latest news about COVID-19, head on over to theskim.com slash COVID updates. Okay, we're pressing pause on the latest developing stories to talk about work from home style. Here at Skim HQ, we've been dressing for the office a bit differently. I have worn pretty much only leggings and slippers around the house. I haven't worn jeans in two weeks. I've been straightening only the front of my hair, you know, the part you can see on video calls. Well, it turns out we're not alone. Walmart's Executive Vice President of Corporate Affairs, Dan Bartlett, told Yahoo Finance yesterday about a new shopping trend. We're seeing uh, increased sales in tops, but not bottoms. Uh, so people who are, uh, who are concerned, obviously, from the waist up. Because if you're doing a video conference meeting, your colleagues probably aren't going to see what pants you're wearing. And besides, you don't have to prove anything by wearing stiff jeans or dress pants instead of comfortable leggings or sweats right now. No matter your situation, sometimes you just need to press pause. And every week, we're sending out an email with some of our favorite things to help you take a break. To sign up, head on over to theskim.com slash press pause. And that's all for Skim This. Remember, we want to hear your shoutouts. Maybe it's a message for a friend working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic, or a loved one who you can't physically meet up with right now. Give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail. Also, tomorrow morning, we're publishing a special episode breaking down the decades-long fight for equal pay. Check it out in this feed. For more updates throughout the day and over the weekend, follow us on Instagram at The Skim. 